the one that should be worried. You're a freak. You're heading for big trouble. 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 What is XRL7? Here again. Is it a new over-the-counter drug? Perhaps a new strain of your favorite virus? Maybe it's the passcode your credit card company just sent to your phone for two-factor authentication. What's happening? How am I here right now? Nah, XRL7 is none of these things. XRL7 is a cartoon. Well, not exactly a cartoon. It's animated. It's cartoony. But of all the things XRL7 is, a lot of those things have a lot to do with music. I'll let Mike Evans explain. XRL7 is a cyberpunk animated YouTube web series and music project. It's a mix of comedy, social commentary, and original music following a fictional band called XRL7 in their trials and tribulations in the music industry in a cyberpunk dystopian world and features tons of really awesome musicians from the alternative music scene. People like Blue Starly, Aesthetic Perfection, Craig Owens of Chiodos, Jimmy Urin of Minor Self Indulgence, Lauren Babic. I could spiel loads off. And of course, the legendary, incredible Ron Scalzo of Return to Earth. Don't know if you've heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> it's true. Guilty as charged. I was featured on XRL7, playing a villain named Program on a recent episode of the series. He's crazy. I'm a knockout. How about a knuckle sandwich? Knock it off, man. That hurt. Ah, dang it. I forgot to say something cool. Yeah, the moment's gone. Hmm, there should be one more. Mike Evans is the show's creator. Up until last year, I knew nothing about Mike, and even less about XRL7. And even though I was pumped to lend my voice to his show, I'm still a bit perplexed by the name of it. <laughs> it's like the name Corn, isn't it? When you first hear that, you think, what? But then over time, it, like, it becomes cool. It just like, you accept it as, oh yeah, Corn, seeing them tonight. I actually spell the vegetable corn with the K now. That's how accustomed I have become to it. Does it taste like more hardcore? You better believe it does. Anyway, the point is, there is no secret meaning to XRL7. It's not an anagram or a code. It doesn't stand for anything. It's simply a series of random characters Mike chose as the name of his show. Or should I say, as part of a point-and-click adventure game he was creating as an homage to the pixel art home video games of the 1990s that he loved. And you can see the influence in the aesthetic. XRL7 brings back memories of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, The Legend of Zelda. Even when Mike intended this to just be a game, music was at the fore. The idea was to create fictional characters in that game who were in bands, then write songs for those bands. When you think about it, it's kind of a brilliant way to create without being the center of attention, without being restricted or judged. And here I am talking to Mike Evans, 
judging the title of the entire project. XRL7. It's a mouthful. Maybe it's because I spend my days around microphones and something well known in my trade as XLR cables. Yeah, it's like it seems to be musicians are the ones that uh, call it X, XLR. X, I can't even say it myself. What have I done? <laughs> but yeah. So how did Mike Evans wind up turning me into a cartoon and get me to sing on the song he wrote for the same episode of XRL7? I'm going to play you that song. Then Mike Evans and I talk about soothing side projects, failed record deals, and building a community inside a little world called XLR7. Called LXR7. Called XRL7. Right here on Independent Minded. Nailed it. It's Ronnie Dalzo's amazing podcast. It's Ronnie Dalzo's amazing podcast. He's talking to people who make art and music. He's plugging their projects. He's making them famous. He's helping them out just by making them talk about all the bullshit that they do. So what happened, right, is start of the year, I think, 2022, I had hired a PR agency to help get this EP out for episode 18. Because I do Independent Minded, I get PRs every day, high and low, like from big artists and small. I read every email, dude. It takes me forever sometimes because I got other things to do. I think I saw pixel art, outer space. And I think I, I just clicked on one of the videos and I'm like, this is kind of up my alley. The PR company, the first time I used them a couple of years ago, they got some articles on metal injection and did some good stuff. But this time when I used them, they it really did nothing at all, but it did reach you. So a positive came out of it. Yeah, I was, I was impressed by your email. And I think at one point you sent me like a voice reel. We were talking a bit, a little bit more. And it was really the voice reel that I was like, oh man, this guy's really talented, dude, because... What had happened was to, basically uh, before we'd met the song program in XRS7, I was speaking to this other band, this dude called Voicitions. It's on the fixed label, Cell Dwellers label. And um, I got a tip from a viewer that he was quite approachable. And I, I've been a fan of his music for quite a while. So I thought, yeah, let's just hit him up. You never know. You never know. Exactly. So I hit him up and we were talking and vibes were good, but he was saying how he was quite busy emails were quite slow in between and i was like okay that's fine but the thing is like with xrl7 man when i write the songs and the scripts usually i like to have an idea of who's going to be voicing them or singing on them 
you know, ahead of time. Because if I'm writing a song for someone and they can, you know, if I could scream really well, I'm going to write that into the song, for example. I wrote this song program. He hadn't heard it. The communication slowly drifted away. And I was like, eh, whatever. I've got this song. One day the right person will come along and we'll sort this out. And then months later, we hooked up. And it was as we were talking, suddenly a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got this song program. And you've got this insane voice. And you, I think you can do this badass dude, you know, this character. And I was like, let's, let's try it out, man. Can I help you? I couldn't help but overhearing your little predicament. I'm the answer to your prayers. And who might you be? The name's Program. 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 Yeah, honestly, I was blown away by your vocal takes, like by voice acting and on the track, because what you bring to the role, dude, it's a sign of a good voice actor when sometimes there'll be a line, which I might have written, which is like, yeah, it's an okay line. It's all right. But then like the way the voice actor delivers it, it just like takes it up a notch. It's like, oh man, that's fantastic. Glad I could help. I was just... In the right place at the right time. <laughs> this is something that, that I've always wanted to do. And I assume, I'm sure you get the same thing from a lot of these folks, is that they're just as equally jazzed to be turned into a character on your show as you are to hear them take your words and make them come alive. It's really interesting how when you start doing what's important to you and what you're passionate about, it opens up all these interesting doors and you make new friendships and connections and things. And it's nice to, you know, working with these artists. I would say like having the show, because if this was just a music project, I'm not sure if as many people, you know, would have worked on the project, but because it's an animated show as well, it's kind of like an in, you know what I mean? And because it turns out so many musicians are interested in voice acting. And they're very good at it. And it must be that creative thing. Cause I guess when you're singing, you're kind of playing a character in a way you're kind of, there's some energy, creative energy in that way. For me personally, it's incredible when you work with an artist that you've been listening to for a long time and they're singing your words and saying stuff you've written down in your living room. And it forms a bit of a friendship, I think in some cases and a bit of community because when more artists are involved in the series, there's this nice kind of XRL7 thing going on hooking up with you as well ron is is really cool and i, I love when like we've got this new episode coming out i think people have seen it um that previewed on the xr7 channel like you're in it ghost xd the character played by blue starly is in it there's lots of cool people and it's really nice to have all the artists involved and in interacting with each other via their characters it's this fun musical party well 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 xrl negative seven whoa we didn't agree to so I'm here to find out once and for all. Are you man enough to prove your musical prowess in a duel with me? I picked up guitar in the year 2000. That's when I first got into music. Corn was my gateway. The album Issues. Hearing that album and the, the dark vibes and the emotion, it was like, you know, as an angsty adolescent, you know, teenager, that was like, hey, you know, that's a bit different to Spice Girls, isn't it? My dad had been in bands in the 70s and he was in a band called Albert Monk alongside bands like Genesis, Status Quo, Fleetwood Mac, some pretty cool bands back in the day.
but yeah essentially you know my dad's a musician and during the 90s was when he started doing sync music sort of library music corn the way i got into that is because i was really into anime at that time 90s anime the song blind was on the end of the street fighter 2 anime led that you know are you ready and i was like oh what is this and it's quite funny because i called up my local like cd place hmv you know before the digital days you know and i was like oh have you got uh, an album by corn have you got corn and he was like yeah i've got issues and when he said issues i didn't realize he meant the name of the album i thought he meant <laughs> i can issue it for you or something so as a little kid i was like yeah sure sure i'm sure you and, do um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like but you have okay, the corn cool. record <laughs> yeah so i went to collect it I think he was quite shocked how young I was at the time, but he he was there. He had the album issues, you know, from there you go into like Static X, Stabbing Westwood, you know, lots of different metal bands. When I was getting into it, it was the new metal phase. Meanwhile, when not devouring corn and other new metal bands, Mike Evans was gaming. You know, I got an Amiga, an Atari STE, DOS games. But then when I discovered music, that's where like, passion shifted that's when my focus shifted i was in various bands and my band mixy one but what i found was i got to a point where i wanted to express myself outside of music because you know in within a song you can be quite expressive but you still have the parameters of the song right you still it's it's a certain way of expressing yourself in music where you're it's a little bit more vague it's emotional but i wanted to express myself in a more direct way have dialogue have some more comedy and, and things like that started looking uh, make it, I had actually got a game out when I was uh, 16 or 18 or something called, it's got a stupid name, it's called Perils of Poom. <laughs> and it's basically, the lead guy looks like the guy from Beneath the Steel Sky. How can we get off this level, Joey? We need to find an elevator. Unless you're prepared to jump. Basically started experimenting and pixel art is, quite honestly, Ron, it's easier to do than some other styles of art. So it's... Uh, a little bit faster and does have it's it's very unique because it's what i love about pixel art is it really engages your imagination how like one pixel can represent something so specific and there's also a thing as well with characters isn't it where when you have slightly less detail it's like you can relate a bit more if someone's a little bit too specific it's harder to relate or so i've heard with art i just wanted to try something different and go in a cyberpunk direction because i love cyberpunk the story was actually a bit different in the game. There's an anime called Nana. Ah! Hello, Hachiko. Nana, what's going on? Your smile's blinding me. We've got a gig. We've got a gig. There was an open slot for a band on the bill at the Shimokita, and we got it. Huh? It's on May the 5th. We got a 30-minute slot. A couple of fictional bands in it, and they're trying to get popular, and there's all this drama between the band members. They're falling in love with each other and shouting at each other, and all this, all this nonsense. But they had original music written for the characters, and in the same way as like Spinal Tap or Scott Pilgrim or even Metalocalypse. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I can put my spin on that and see how it goes. So that was the catalyst. And <laughs> it basically, it's kind of ironic now because working on it, I realized this is going to take me years to complete doing it on my own. So I put it to the side, but <laughs> I got into animation and now here we are. And I'm basically putting even more work on it. And, uh, it's an animated series. Mike's first collaboration with other musicians began in Southern England as the guitarist in a UK new metal band. The quest was singular to score a record deal. When that never happened, as it tends to often do, frayed relationships in the band began to grow. 
the drama intensified. Towards the end of it, it was getting very frustrating and very bad for my mental health personally. To the point I'd get a text on my phone and just my body would react to it like, oh God, you know, before I've even read it, you know what I mean? Mike's way of alleviating the stress of that situation was a side project called Mixie One. So I decided, you know, I'm going to start Mixy One, a side project, do something a bit different, a bit more empowering lyrically, but get something out, just release something, just independently, whatever, just get something out. So I got the first EP out. And that opened up a whole other avenue of people because it fell into the hands, the first EP fell into the hands of the vocalist of uh, another UK band called Ghost in the Static. And the guy behind that band called Steve Fearon, he was involved in, he did podcasts like yourself, Ron, and he was very vocal in the local electronic industrial sort of community. And eventually he started an indie label and he signed Mixie One. And at this point, it had gone from Sido Project to full band and we were playing shows and getting more involved in the electronic scene, which is a bit, a bit we were kind of a little bit like outsiders because we had electronics and a bit of industrial, but we were quite rock, especially when we became a full band and you got a guitarist and a drummer and stuff. You know, on YouTube, whenever your music's played, you get a copyright claim. Back then, we turned that intentionally off so that we could give the music to royalty-free websites and gaming sites were all the rage at the time, like on YouTube, that D-O-T-A game was like huge. And we managed to, I was going hard and emailing all these channels and they started using the, the music and we were getting some really lovely numbers on Spotify. But I was getting frustrated because on the label, it felt like I was doing all the work, if you know what I mean, to boost what we're doing, if you know what I mean. It didn't feel like, in, in the nicest possible way, he was, they were doing the best they could, but I didn't quite understand why I was giving 20% to them when, you know, not much was. This all sounds very familiar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. I'm sure it does. So we started thinking, why Why are we on, on the label? Other than the nice community vibes, it's like, well, what's, what's the point? When my band returned to Earth Sign with Metal Blade Records in 2010, someone close to me asked me the same question. What's the point? This is a standard, with all due respect, shitty record deal. You'll never make any money. You won't be satisfied with how they treat you. You'll find yourself doing the bulk of the work. And that person was right. And I knew they were right. When I was offered that deal, I had already been running my own record label for four years. I hadn't been making any money. I wasn't satisfied with how lots of people treated me. And I was certainly doing the bulk of the work. The only difference now is that I was on Metal Blade Records, a legit heritage label who helped discover Metallica and signed Slayer. What was the point? Notoriety. An arrival of sorts. A validation. But that's ego stuff. Pride stuff. Mike Evans had a similar experience. And he and Mixie One left that record label. Then that record label folded, taking all of Mixie One's yummy Spotify numbers with it. 
it, it didn't seem like we needed a, a record label at the time. It seemed like, okay, we can just do it all ourselves and um, I can just pump away at trying to get stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. And over time, it just, you get a bit older and the priorities change. And suddenly I'm not that bothered about going on tour and, you know, spending weeks at time on a bus or anything like that. And so it kind of just becomes a little bit more background. And when you get married, that takes a bit more priority. So it's something, of course, like with XR7, you know, of course I want to do full time and that's kind of more realistic because it's at home, but pursuing the traditional older model of music and, you know, touring and all that stuff just slowly drifted away. that's a big part of getting older is your bandmates and your collaborators get older and their priorities are also changing whether you want them to change or not so what puts bread on the table like how do you pay the rent well my day job is in software software development i nerd out during the day it's actually quite an interesting thing with xr7 because it's the first time due to the awesome people on patreon and spotify you know revenue coming in that we're actually kind of making money, but it's all going straight back into the show because mixing ain't cheap. But yeah, it's, it's wild. On Spotify, we've got like 1.4 million streams, which is just insane. And we have some really fantastic Patreons who really do help because it's a wild that it's not coming out of my pocket as much now. It still does, but due to the music and the awesome support from the viewers, it's, uh, that helps make XR7 possible. XRL7 is community-based marketing at its finest, cross-pollination at its best. You're experiencing that right now. Mike and I are two honeybees, not only sharing our talents with each other, but sharing each other's art. There are no stone cutters here. It's just artists supporting artists. Nearly every new episode of XRL7 features voice acting from at least one musician outside the fold. And then those same musicians contribute to a song that gets shot out to other platforms like Spotify. And then, of course, most, if not all, of these artists will be eager to share both the episode and the song with their fan base. It's kind of like a musician doing a podcast about independent musicians. I think the world of XR7 has been received really, really well by some really creative people. Um, the fan art, which um, you've seen, Ron, is just insane. It's so cool. To back up a little bit on, on the project, I remember I, I proper started it in its current animated incarnation in, like, late 2018 i think and it didn't go live till july 2020 so i've been working on it it's my little secret for a while and uh, that was the hardest part because you you have no feedback you know maybe from the artists but it's like it's just like you're working on this thing and there's, there's no pressure but i'm glad i didn't give up let's say that because it's a big mental game to do that much work but as soon as it came out and the trailer went out various artists started sharing them around and a couple of people that really picked up on the series first and quite fast were um, the fans of Aesthetic Perfection, Daniel Graves. They absolutely got the vibe of XR7 and made some really nice friends and connections there who are still involved today. Some are admins on the XR7 Discord. And through the bands, their fans kind of really resonated with what we were doing. And I think because the music is decent music, <laughs> I think that the songs are good. It just adds that extra dimension. And I will say 
a lot of the people that are really invested did come from some of the artists involved. Um, and I love that. I love that you can check out the show and discover new people that you may not know about, or, you know, by listening to return to earth, you might discover, discover XRL7. One other great thing about XRL7 is something I envy. It's collaborative. Yeah, two of my closest friends I've had since I was a kid, Alan Rogers, who plays Alfie Rogers, and uh, Lee Towson, who's in my band Mixie One as well. Uh, they're both involved doing voices. And Lee actually does, we've got a side series to keep content flowing called XR7 Inspirations, which talks about the various movies, games, et cetera, through the years that you know have influenced in some way. And he's taken over editing that as well as voicing one of the characters called Smith. Certainly the show is a mix of people who I've known for a long time through bands I've you know played with or interacted with and brand new people who I didn't know existed. That's such a weird synchronicitous thing, man. There's, there's a couple of artists where I needed a voice for a character. I remember with Daniel Graves and Lauren Babick, I was like, okay, well, I need someone for What can I do? I've got this character. I think it's really cool. Um, how can I find someone? And I literally opened up YouTube and... On the homepage, Aesthetic Perfection was recommended just there. I was like, okay, I remember that name. Let's give it a click. It was a full length video of their album at the time, Into the Black. And I was blown away. I was like, this is so good. I thought he would be perfect for this role. And I, I hit up Daniel and uh, he was really up for it. And it was similar with Lauren, where I needed someone for a role, wasn't sure who to get, and YouTube recommendation. <laughs> it's so bizarre, so bizarre. I told a few people, like, oh yeah, I'm working with Aesthetic Perfection. And I didn't realize how big a deal they were at the time. So I was telling some people and they were like, you're working with Daniel Graves? Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, is that a big deal? <laughs> but it's one of those things where like, you know, you don't know until you ask. And if I'd known that, maybe I wouldn't have asked. There are more than a few artists that I've solicited for this podcast who haven't responded, made some excuse, or flat out said no. But the vast majority have said yes. It sounds silly, but that part is a victory all in itself. But me, I'm just a bald dude with press credentials. To get folks to play on your record, sing on your song, voice a character on your animated pixel art web series? To contribute on that level, that's a rung higher up the ladder. Having over a million streams on Spotify doesn't hurt. But for Mike Evans, every single connection counts every pixel planted to create an ever-growing world called XRL7. Got it right that time. I would love to do this full-time and give people new music and new episodes on a regular basis, and I think that can be achieved. The real challenge about doing what I'm doing with XRL7 is because it's a unique, brand-new thing, people don't know about it because like, you're not searching for it. But you see people that do, for example parody channels or they're, they're referencing i don't know doing a mario parody or they're talking about current events people are searching for those so it's easier for them to find those things you know and get recommended that's an interesting decision i have to make when i work on a new episode because working on a new episode especially when there's a song is expensive because you know mixing costs money etc the best thing for the series like in terms of growth would be work with new people all the time, every episode, ideally someone that's got quite a big following, right? Because that would grow the fan base. But that doesn't necessarily always grow the characters. There's certain episodes where I'll say, no, you know, I, I need to, I want this story arc to continue. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'll make the decision to, like, for example, like this, my wife voices a character and she's appeared on two songs. And I really wanted to do that second song 
with her and uh, my dad actually added some simps to it which is awesome but my wife has got no following she's got nothing <laughs> so uh, it's just because i wanted to tell that story and write that song but when it came out she didn't even share it on social media what an age we live in okay let's get you set up get on stage son where's that sound guy sound guy we need you hey. I have a name you know. Follow all things XRL7 on YouTube, Bandcamp, and Discord. And get the full story and support the show on Patreon at x-rl7.com. Big thanks to Mike Evans for the great conversation and the greater opportunity to voice act on a pixel art animated series. Rumor has a program will be back in future episodes. And you can show your support to Independent Minded for free. Leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Subscribe, tell your friends, and of course, listen to whatever episodes you want at baldfreak.com slash podcast. And I got to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Mackie. The Mackie name, still synonymous with innovation, great sound, and built like a tank, dependability. Mackie helps creators like me with studio recording, mixing, and monitoring to a full range of live sound solutions, microphones, studio, and live mixers. They got headphones, they got boom mics, they got in-ear monitors, podcasting tools, amplifiers, processing, and more. That's enough, isn't it? Mackie continues to innovate, bringing the next generation of tools to the next generation of creatives. Buy their stuff at Mackie.com. Independent Minded is a bald freak music production. And me, I'm Ron Scalzo. You're a freak, 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 freak.